Hi, this is Mark Brady. I'm the pastor at Anchor Faith Church in Valdosta, Georgia. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast today. We believe it will bless you and minister to you. I get ready to receive a word from God. Remember, last year was the year of clarity, the year of abundant clarity. And I don't know about you, we received clarity in some ways, and I believe you receive, uh, you have received clarity on things you were seeking the Lord about, and I believe you'll continue to receive clarity. But this is what I know about clarity. Clarity demands recalling. What good is it if he speaks clearly, but I don't retain it, I don't recall it, I don't remember it, I don't remind myself, re, 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 are you hearing that R-E? That R-E means again. Again, and again, and again. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. It's the hearing, it's the perpetual hearing. It doesn't say faith comes by having heard. And so the danger of Christianity and the danger of church attendance and the danger of sitting in settings like this is we think because we have heard that we've automatically got. But as we just prayed, you can be a hearer and still not a doer. And the Bible says you'll actually deceive yourself. Hearers that don't do think they got something when they really did it. That's the deception behind it. The deception is, man, I went to church this week. The deception is I read my Bible daily reading uh, for the day. I checked off the box. The deception is I listened to the podcast and I watched the YouTube video. So I must have it. But there's extra steps behind the hearing. The hearing is just the beginning. The hearing is just the start. All three of these instances that I've just read you were hearers that still remained unfruitful when we needed the harvest the most. In all three cases, they heard the word. The first one didn't get it at all. They came to service, didn't get anything, checked out, distracted, and went right back to the car in the same way they came in. I always pray that we leave different than the way we came in. Maybe I need to specify because you can leave worse. <laughs> I don't want you to leave worse. We want you to leave better. We want you to leave encouraged. We want you to leave built up. We want you to leave refreshed. One thing I love is when people tell me, man, I almost didn't even come tonight. I was just so, but man, I'm glad I did. That's the way it ought to be. That's the way it should be. I almost did it. That everything leading up to that moment almost kept me from getting there. But once I got there, I got everything I needed. I'm sustained. I'm ready to go. I'm, re I'm equipped. I'm refreshed. It was just the word that I needed. And I love those services where it feels like the pastor's preaching right to you. I promise I don't have security cameras in your house. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not watching what's going on. It's like, man, you preached just what I was dealing with. No, the Holy Spirit's just that good. And he loves you that much that he'll move upon my heart and he'll move upon my study and he'll move upon my preparation and he knows exactly what you need on a Wednesday night on January 3rd, 2024 and he'll say, this is, this is where I want you to go because it's going to bless so-and-so. 
Holy Spirit's targeted, man. He knows. But the, this one heard it, didn't even understand it. Sown by the wayside. Next one hears it, receives it with joy. Yes, Pastor Mar wrote it down, highlighted the verses, got it in the moment. But by the time the, the, the end of the week came, by the time the trial came, by the time the persecution came, only endured for a while. No root. No sustaining. The next one hears it, but something gains greater value. The deceitfulness of riches. The, 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 if the enemy can't get you to fall away with trial, he'll get you to fall away with blessing. I heard someone say this quote just recently, that for many believers, blessing results in complacency far more than trial does. Because at least in trial, you know where to run when everything goes wrong. But many people fall away because they get so blessed they think they can do it without God now. That's a dangerous place. So the first one gets derailed because of the trials and the persecutions. But the next one gets off course and becomes unfruitful because of the good things in life the deceitfulness of riches, the cares of the world. It's just greater value. That's all that is. It's not that God doesn't want you to have those things. It's not that there aren't cares of the world. It's not that there aren't ways that God wants to bless you even monetarily, even materialistically, even in the natural ways of life, but never at the expense of giving him first place. Never at the expense of remembering where it all came from, where it all comes from that it's only a resource that he is the source amen but verse 23 says but he who receives seed on good ground everyone say good ground is he who hears the word and understands it who indeed bears fruit and produces some a hundredfold some 60 and some 30. I want to be one that produces fruit. I want to be one that yields from what is sown. I want to be one that in the end is found faithful, stewarding well what has been placed in my care. And the way that we see this happen is we must apparently do something between the hearing and the harvesting, there must be something in between there. In Second Peter chapter 1, what are those steps between the hearing and the harvesting? We're just putting seed down right now. Right? Faith comes by hearing. Faith is built in environments like this. Then when you're feeling weak in faith, where do you go? You go to the Word. It's the fuel. It's literally what sustains your faith, builds your faith, encourages your faith. But what do we do with that space between the hearing 
than the harvest did. We're putting the seed down. But in 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 12, he writes this, Peter writes this, For this reason, I will not be negligent to remind you always, remind you always of these things. Watch this. Though you know and are established in the present truth. Let me, let me just tell, let me put it to you this way. If you know truth but don't do it, you do as well as the devil. What's that mean? That means he knows truth. <laughs> he, he, he knows the truth better than some of us. He knows who you are better than you do. He knows who the Father is better than we do. Knows in the sense of information. Right? We just got done with the series on intimacy and truly knowing the Father and being known by Him. Not having that response of depart from me, I never knew you. But we're just talking about it, it, just because you hear the truth and you know it as a mental ascent, as an information level, as a mindset, but it's never dropped down in your spirit, you're doing as well as the devil does. To know something but not apply it. To know it but not do it. To know it but it doesn't alter your life. But to know it but there's no transformation. To know it but not bear the fruit. You're living in the same category as the devil. What, what was the Pharisees' downfall? Information not applied. Bible says knowledge will puff up. That doesn't mean we don't seek knowledge. We need to seek knowledge. We need to know some things. And that's what last year was about. But now coming out of a year of abundant clarity, now it becomes, what am I going to do? with the clarity he's given me. What are we going to do with this knowledge, even revelation that shows up? What are we going to do with that? Well, Peter's saying, I'm not going to be found negligent to remind you always of these things, though you know and are established in the present truth. Many times we only run to reminders when we start to forget. But he's saying reminders ought to be more proactive than reactive. You ought to be reminding yourself before you forget, not once you forget. Does that make sense? I don't need to go back and try to remind. It's like a continuing education, if you will. It's like this element that I'm going to stay in this thing. And I'm going to repeat. Recite, rehearse, recall, remind, remember. I'm going to bring those because when I need it, I need to be able to recall it. And I don't need to wait until I start forgetting. I don't need to wait until I start to see pressure or a trial. I don't need to wait until, uh, you know, uh, I, I need to pull on that thing. Man, I'm keeping that thing in the chamber. I'm going to be ready to go. At the moment something strikes, I'm going to be able to pull on that. Draw on that. He says, even though, he, he's not saying because you've been showing signs of forgetfulness. No, this isn't like Paul to the Corinthian church in 1 Corinthians 3, where he's like, I've got to come back and teach you the fundamentals. 
I got to come back and give you the milk of the word again because you, 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 you're, you're acting like immature babes. You're, you're acting like mere men, right? Carnal. I'm hearing of the things that are happening in this crazy Corinthian church, so let me remind you. This is not what Peter's saying. Peter's saying, I'm reminding you, and I know you're established, and I know you're producing, and I know that you're yielding, and I know that we're seeing the results that we want to see. I'm going to keep reminding you. He says, yes, I think it is right, verse 13, as long as I am in this tent, to stir you up by reminding you. Man, I want to stay stirred up this year. Stir it up. Stir up that passion. Stir up that purpose. Stir up the gift of God in you. Stir that thing up. But what's he saying? You stir it up by constantly reminding. And you know, we, have, we, we, we live in a world that gets tired of redundancy. We get tired of repetition. You know, I, I get it. There's, there's a lot of pressure on pastors and ministers to have to always have the newest, hottest take. To have to have something new because how are you going to retain them? How are you going to keep them? Peter said, I'm going to retain you by reminding you. I'm going to keep you by bringing back, recalling, Hitting on that point again. Hitting on that element again. Does, does God have new things he wants to show you? Absolutely. But this is what I believe. How you steward the reminders is what sets you up for more revelation. How you steward the reminders is what sets you up for more revelation. Yeah, I want more revelation. I'm believing this year we'll see things we've only heard about, dreamt about. That's just been on my heart. I just believe in this year's the year. We're going to see signs, manifestations, wonders. Come on, man, you got to be in faith with these things. But that should never come at the expense of what we have seen. And if we don't care for the past, we won't be prepared for the future. If we don't care for the past, then we won't be prepared for the future. I was just listening to a message the other day from Kenneth E. Hagan, Brother Hagan. This, I think it was 2002 or 2003. He passed away in 2003, so it was one of the last camp meetings. And he was talking about, uh, he went into, I think it was in the 50s or 60s, he went into ministry in the 30s, so you know, he'd already been in ministry 20, 30 years at that point. Went into a service and you know, felt the Lord kind of leading him to go down the path. If you know anything about Brother Hagin, he came off the bed of affliction at 17 years old off the verse Mark 11, 22, 23, and 24. If you speak to this mountain, if you cast into the sea, it'll be removed. Do not doubt in your heart. You will have what you say. I mean, he stood on those verses. Well, he laid on those verses. He was paralyzed in bed was healed and never went back. So if you know anything about his ministry, you know Mark 11, 22, 23, 24, man, he's what he's known for. So he, he was feeling the tug to go there, but he just kept battling it in preparation. It's like, Lord, you know, that's, that's just what they expect. You know, 
you know, when they hear that, they're going to be like, oh, we're going here again. Da, da, da. And so he tried to go in a different vein. And finally, after about 10 or 15 minutes, he shut the thing down. He was like, guys, I, I was wrong. Turn to Mark 11. And he said, now the anointing picked up the power because it's not in the repetition. He said, the Lord told him, you need to preach that thing as if it was the first time you ever preached it. And I believe we need to hear it as if it was the first time we ever heard it. I believe that we need to value God's reminders just as much as we value his revelation. And so Peter's saying, I'm going to stir you up by reminding you. I will not be found negligent. I think it is right as long as I'm in this tent to stir you up by reminding you, knowing that shortly I must put off my tent, just as our Lord Jesus Christ showed me. Moreover, I will be careful to ensure that you always have a reminder of these things after my decease. The New Living Translation reads it this way. Therefore, I always will remind you about these, <clears throat> about these things, even though you already know them and are standing firm in the truth. That's one of the great deceptions that the enemy will use. Like, oh, you're doing good. You don't need to go there again. You don't need to look at that anymore. You don't need to keep recalling that. Man, look at, everything's going well. You've got it. Even though you already know them or are standing firm in the truth you've been taught, it is only right that I should keep on reminding you as long as I live. The Passion Translation says, I won't hesitate to continually remind you of these truths, even though you are aware of them and are well established in the present measure of truth you have already embraced. If we go to a reminder, if we pick up something that we regularly look at, if you are brought back to a verse that you even feel like you know well and are applying and living and doing, refuse the, oh, there again, refuse that position and posture in your heart to devalue. No, set, your, set yourself back in place that says, I received this as if it was the first time I ever saw it. I value it. I prioritize it. I keep it. Even in remembrance. As if it were the first time I ever heard it. He says, as long as I live, I will continue to awaken you with this reminder. Verse 15 in the Passion says, Indeed, I'm passionate to share these things with you so that you will always remember them after my exodus from this life. Look at it in the uh, message translation. Because the stakes are so high, even though you're up to date on all this truth and practice it inside and out, I'm not going to let up for a minute in calling you to attention before it. This is the post to which I've been assigned, keeping you alert with frequent, frequent reminders. And I'm sticking to it as long as I live. I know that I'm going to die soon. The master has made that quite clear to me. And so I am especially eager that you have all this down in black and white so that after I die, you'll have it for ready reference. 
In Timothy, Paul writes along the same lines, encouraging Timothy as he's getting ready to transition this church uh, at Ephesus over to him. And this is what he tells Timothy in verse uh, chapter 1, 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 18. This charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage the good warfare. Having faith and a good conscience, <clears throat> which some have rejected concerning the faith, have suffered shipwreck, of whom are Hymenaeus and Alexander, whom I delivered to Satan, that they may learn not to blaspheme. In the CSB translation, it reads, Timothy, my son, I'm giving you this instruction in keeping with the prophecies previously made about you so that by recalling them, you may fight the good fight. See, a lot of times we get in a test or we get in a fight and we think I need a new word. I need new direction. No, you know what to do. It's been deposited in you. Trust the deposit is what he's telling Timothy. Trust the deposit. In another place, he tells Timothy, now you are going to make sure you're reminding them. Don't ever be afraid to bring up a word you've previously given. Don't ever be afraid to recall or remind or recite something that has already been minute. Don't ever uh, uh, dial back from the reminders and feel like you've got to forcefully bring out a new word. You know what he eventually rises to Timothy is there's going to, or what he eventually tells Timothy is that there will arise in the last days those with itching ears, only seeking. I'm telling you, we're seeing this. And you can sniff it out, man. I mean, it sounds good and it sounds virtuous. Oh, Lord, we want, a, we want a new thing. We're doing a new thing. We need a new sign. No. In the new things that he's doing, he's never going to do it at the expense of what he's done before. He's never going to do it. It builds. I said it Sunday and I believe it still that the latter will be greater than the former. But he also tells us, remind yourself of the former things. Remember how I brought my people out of Egypt. Remember how I brought them through the Red Sea. Remember, it's the reminders, it's the remembrances, it's the rehearsing. That fuels us to walk in the future things. The former things will launch you into the future things. He says that by recalling them, you may fight the good fight, having faith in a good conscience. So your faith gets affected. Our faith gets compromised. Our ability to stand in faith, believe in faith, even our faith in, uh, you know, not, not just faith in God as in a trusting God, but our faith, our belief system can get compromised. If we don't maintain a proper value for the reminders. which some have rejected and have shipwrecked their faith. 
That's a strong word. And Paul knew about some shipwrecks. He's not just using that word lightly. He said, man, it'll blow you off course. It'll have you dead in the water. If we don't have the proper value for the reminders. I thank God for revelation. But I'm just as grateful for the reminders. I'll even do things naturally when I'm in those moments. Get on the edge of my seat. Lean in. You've heard that term before, lean in. Because you can lean in or you can check out. (laughs) And I found if I don't lean in, I might check out. Sometimes it's just my natural posture that keeps me aware and engaged and intentional to receive what's being delivered. Because I don't want to miss it. I don't want to miss it. Even the stuff that we feel that we have down pat, even the stuff that, man, I know that thing. I can pass that test with my eyes closed. I don't even need the book. I can, man, I got this. Even in those moments, keeping a sense of urgency, keeping a value system in place. He said, which some have rejected and have shipwrecked their faith. In the Passion Translation, same passage, 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 18. So Timothy, my son, I am trusting you entrusting you with this responsibility in keeping with the very first prophecies that were spoken over your life. You know, we do that. I have down uh, every prophecy that's been spoken over this church. It's good to recall those. It's good to remind ourselves of those. The Word of God is the one offensive tool in warfare that you have against the enemy. The sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. You're going to have all the defense armor up, but you're not going to have a word in your hand to fight back. You got the shield to take down his lies. The helmet, the breastplate, but then you don't, you go to battle without the sword? knowing the word and ready to arm and ready to get on the offensive. That's why so many believers are hunkered down in defense, just hoping the devil will leave leave them alone rather than answering back, fighting back. Jesus had a response every time the devil tempted him. And every temptation he brought, he says, but the word says, but the word says, but the word says. You need a sword in your hand. You need a sword in your hand. He says, in keeping with the very first prophecies that were spoken over your life and are now in the process of fulfillment in this great work of ministry in keeping with the prophecies spoken over you. With this encouragement, use your prophecies as weapons as you wage spiritual warfare by faith and with a clean conscience. For there are many who reject these virtues and are now destitute of the true faith. You can't reject it if it doesn't 
if it's not first spoken. And the problem is, is if we don't remind ourselves, we are one step away from rejecting even what we once heard. Not just forgetting it. Going beyond forgetting it into rejecting it. Refusing it. If we don't keep the reminders. In John chapter 14. Hallelujah. John chapter 14 and verse 25. Jesus is speaking of the Holy Spirit. And many times we highlight the word of the Spirit or the prophecy of the Spirit or the Holy Spirit bringing revelation, right? It's what Paul calls it in Ephesians chapter 1 and Ephesians chapter 3. The Spirit of wisdom and revelation, the knowledge of Him. But Jesus says in verse 25, these things I have spoken to you while I am still with you. So I've given you the initial revelation. But verse 26, he says, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. And what is that? Bring to your remembrance. Sometimes we value the revelation of the Holy Spirit, but we don't value the the reminders of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will remind you of things just as much as he will reveal things. The Holy Spirit will bring to your remembrance. Paul told the churches, I I, I won't be the same, same, basically the same words as what Peter gave. I will not be found negligent of reminding you Reminding, reminding, reminding. It's those reminders. It's those opportunities to bring back even the things. The thing that I really wanted to pull out tonight was even the things that you're familiar with. Even the things you think, I've got that down. Even the things you think you're doing good at. Even the things that you you feel like, You can ace the test. We've got to keep ourselves in a position of desiring to be reminded and treat it the second time around, the third time around, the tenth time around in the same posture, the same value, the same position as when I first heard the initial revelation. In John chapter 3, John chapter 3 and verse 1, Jesus is having a conversation with a man named Nicodemus. 
verse 1 says, a Jewish religious, Jewish religious leader who was a Pharisee. After dark one evening, he came to speak with Jesus. Rabbi, he said, we all know that God has sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. What do you mean? exclaimed Nicodemus. How can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the Spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So don't be surprised when I say you must be born again. Look at verse 8. The wind blows wherever it wants. Just as you can hear the wind, but can't tell where it comes from or where it is going, so you can't explain how people are born of the Spirit. What he's saying is, if you don't have the full revelation by the Spirit of what I'm up to, you'll have to resort to watching the results without knowing where the source is. You'll have to result to being a bystander that watches things take place, but not being able to participate with what God is doing. And I think much of the church has settled for that place. Because hearing the first time, being revealed to by the Spirit, if we don't do the extra work and make the extra effort between the hearing and the harvesting, then we won't be a part of the producing of the result. We won't be a part, we won't play a role, we won't partner with the Holy Spirit. I believe what God is doing in these last days. We're not just going to be mere bystanders. You're going to be a part of the process. He's going to use you. He's going to work through you and with you, not in spite of you. But he says, there will be those that will just stand and watch and not know where this is coming from. And it's our reminders. It's our recalling. I'm telling you right now, what, what God has spoken and what God has said and what God has revealed in his word is enough to sustain you for all. It's enough to sustain for all eternity. Because in Matthew chapter 24, verse 14, in Matthew 24, verse 14, this is what Jesus says. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. This gospel of the kingdom, and then the end will, what's that mean? That it's powerful enough to last until the end of time. It's got enough within it that we don't need to manufacture anything new. We don't need to add anything to it. We sure don't need to strip anything from it. 
I'm telling you right now, we, 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 we compromise the power of the word and the work of the word every time we try to leave something out because we think it'll be offensive to somebody or add something in because we don't think that the word itself is enough. We get faulty in both ways, adding and subtracting. This year, let's just believe the word of God as if God meant what he said when he wrote it. Let's just read the word of God and believe that, you know what? If it says it, I believe it, and that settles it. I settle. I, I settle it. I don't doubt it. I don't question it. I don't challenge it. And then I recite that, and I rehearse that, and I remind myself, and I recall that. Is this going to be that value that's going to get us to the end of days? And then the end will come. The gospel of the kingdom will be preached. And Jesus said it, and Paul said it, and Peter said it. It says, I'll remind you as much as I feel like I need to remind you. I will not be found negligent. I will not uh, uh, refuse to, to go to a place we've already been. This is not going to be Itching Ears Ministry International. It's not. Now, I'm not here to impress you. I'm not here to entertain you. I'm not here to confound you. We're here to just preach the Word of God. And so we're going to hit topics and hit things that will serve as reminders. And I can promise you somewhere in there, it's going to be like, mm, yeah, I, I remember that. I've, I've drifted. I, 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 I haven't kept that firmly within me. Man, when we go to teaching and, and preaching the message of the kingdom again, we're going to have Kingdom Rise Conference here in just a few months, just in April. It's going to be here before you know it. Did anybody else's 2023 just fly by? Like, just where did it even go? Y'all remember how long 2020 was? 2020 was like 1,362 days. I mean, it's like March 2020 felt like it was a full year just by, it's just like everything just stopped. But then last year just took off. Man, this stuff is speeding up. This stuff is moving quicker. God is up to something. God is moving. Man, our church's best days are yet ahead of us. We're not slowing down. We're not winding down. We're not getting tired, growing weary, and well-doing. We're going to finish the course. We're going to run the race. We're going to fight the fight. And we're going to allow the reciting and the reminders and the rehearsing of the word to fuel us into a greater passion into a greater urgency in these last days. Because we're going to see some great stuff. But when we, reach, we just, when we rediscover the kingdom again, and look, they, you know, at the end of the day, there's always someone here that's heard it for the first time. Period. Y'all, many of you have heard us preach and teach on the kingdom. You can do it. And you should be doing it. That's another purpose of reciting something is so you can regurgitate it. Right? So now I can share it with someone else. 
So there's going to be things like, man, you know, I, I, I haven't kept. But then there's going to be some things like, man, I feel really good about that. Just remember what Peter wrote. I will not be found negligent in bringing things to your reminder, to your remembrance, that you are established in and producing great results in. It's not Pastor Mark thinking you're doing a bad job. It's not Pastor Mark thinking that you're failing in an arena. I'll commend you and say, you've been doing this. You're establishing this. Man, keep fighting. Keep charting that course. Keep going on that path. Keep doing what you're doing. But I'm going to remind you anyways. I'm going to bring it to your attention again anyways. Because it serves a purpose. Father, we thank you this year for every reminder, for every opportunity to recite and to recall the word that has already been deposited. Father, we thank you for the words that have been sown in this church. We thank you for the seed that has fallen on good ground, that has produced the harvest, has produced the, the, the hundred and sixty and thirtyfold. Father, I thank you for the words that we're seeing evidence of, that people that are standing in faith, that they are fighting the fight, that they are overcoming, they're seeing the victories. Father, even the victory of just remaining in and withstanding and not laying down flat when trial and, and persecution comes. But Father, we thank you that those reminders will fuel us in these last days. That in these last days, with the revelation, you're still showing us and reminding us of what we have heard and what we have come to know and what we have grown and become established in. Father, this is a year where we fortify our faith, strengthen our faith, encourage our faith to hear it again and again to keep it in front of us. Father, with the same value, with the same honor, we refuse the familiarity that says, we've heard this before. We refuse the familiarity that says, oh no, not again. We refuse the familiarity that says, oh, I've got that down. But we remain hungry. We remain vigilant. We remain urgent to seek the deposit of the word in our lives. Father, it will bear fruit. It will result in a great harvest. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast today. We trust you received a word from God. If you enjoyed this teaching, be sure to subscribe to our podcast in iTunes. By subscribing, you'll be sure to receive a new message every week as soon as they are made available. And if you'd like to learn more about Anchor Faith Church, you can stop by our website at anchorfaithbaldosta.com. There you'll find our locations and service times, ministries that are available for you and your family. You can even give financially in support of the ministry. Thank you again for listening, and we look forward to seeing you next time right here on the Anchor Faith Church podcast.